Blog Talk. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brenning and Jack McEnroe. They'll be taking your calls at... It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. And I think I'm live. <laughs> this is Jeremy Dunn. And I am solo tonight, everybody. Um, Rob is at a uh, soccer tournament. I think he's on his way home. So good luck, Robert. And um, I just want to also welcome our soon-to-be guest, and he hasn't called in yet, uh, but David Von Storch. And uh, we'll get to him in just a second. And I'm all by myself, so um, if anybody wants to call in and talk to me, that'd be great. But um, <laughs> uh, so this is going to be interesting because I've never done this alone. So um, I, I think I'm on air now. I believe I am. And I think, am I on air? Hopefully I am. If anybody can listen just and you can hear me in the chat room, let me know. Um, <laughs> because I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so uh, I've, I've got the switchboard up. I've got all five lines open. And as soon as David Von Storch calls in, uh, we, will, um, we will be chatting everybody up. So uh, let's, I've opened a chat room, so I see a few guests in there having a uh, – I don't know what they're doing. Nobody's talking yet. So I hope everybody is doing well. Uh, and let's see. Boy, this is going to be interesting. Um, and I think I've got the host pin. I did it. I think I did everything. I'm, I'm, we're on the switchboard. We're on air. And let me tell you a little bit about tonight's guest, David Von Storch. Um, he is president of the Urban Adventures Companies, and he has been an entrepreneur for the last 22 years or so. And um, David is uh, he is HIV positive. Uh, he was diagnosed back in 1988, um, and uh, he also has made quite quite a name for himself. Um, he's been doing this thing called Vita Fitness, uh, in which is um, to ban trans fat all over the um, menu items and the capital in, uh, in in most menu items uh, across um, uh, cities all over the world, all over the country. And he's also um, got a Capital City uh, Brewing Company, um, which he is – he brews his own beer, so he's got his restaurant, and I think it's pretty cool. And I have somebody on, um, and hopefully that's, um, that's David now, and we won't uh, – I have a 26 number, 267 number, so – and they hung up. Oh, this is going to be – Great. People are calling and going, this isn't the right show. Everybody, this is Pause I Am Radio, and um, this is Jeremy Dunn flying solo tonight with uh, trying to keep it together and uh, trying to do this right. 
So if anybody has uh, knows where David is, or hopefully I'm, I hope we're on air. Can anybody hear me? Um, I have the little on air symbol. I think I'm on air now. Okay, yes. I, I, um, I accidentally muted myself. Oops. Um, <laughs> so that's always fun. Uh, so anyway, David Von Storch, um, he is not your average, and I have somebody who wants to talk to me from a 202 number. Let's bring them on air. Hey, Jeremy, it's uh, David Von Storch. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Did you hear me floundering over here? Yeah. I got it. Oh God. That's all right. We'll, uh, we'll we'll we will uh we will recover. <laughs> uh, you didn't say what happened to uh Jack. Well, um Jack unfortunately had something else come up and he was not able to do it at the last minute. So it it, hmm. it fell on me. <laughs> well hopefully Here he's having fun and at some bar chasing uh, somebody and couldn't get probably. away. Probably. If if anybody knows Jack, that's exactly what he's doing. So David, how are you? <laughs> Very well, thank you. In very hot, hot, hot Washington, D.C. today. Oh, you know, it's a hot day down here in Charlotte, too. So, um, oh, that's I, where I, you are, and, okay. Yeah, and my air conditioner is conking out. Again, this seems to be a weekly thing, so, but it's not about me, it's about you. Um, so, David, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do, where do you come from, all that stuff, you know, your major stats. Well, um... I live in Washington, D.C. I've lived here since I got out of school since ni- in 1984. I uh, grew up in Pennsylvania, went to high school in Massachusetts, went to college in North Carolina, went to UNC, okay. and uh, then went to New York for a couple of years, worked uh, in the city, and went to business school in Boston and came back and moved to Washington, D.C. after business school and have been here ever since. Uh, started my own companies in 1987 and um, have been building those ever since. That's terrific. That is absolutely So if anybody's read your bio, this is probably one of my favorite passions is beer. Mm. (laughs) So you have your own brewery. Yes, we, uh, the way that went, uh, the way way I started in that was in 1991, uh, the law was changed in the District of Columbia to allow brew pubs to open and brew pubs are a kind of brewery where they where we brew beer and serve it on premises mm-hmm. and ever since prohibition it was illegal for someone to brew beer and distribute it so that's why Anheuser-Busch doesn't own any bars or restaurants and the brew pub law uh, allows people who brew small amounts of beer to uh, sell their own beer on premises. So, when the law was changed in 1991, uh, someone approached me because I had was operating some restaurants and uh, nightclubs at the time, and uh, we uh, decided to work together. And uh, after we opened, I bought this the, my partner's interest out, and I have been I grew the company uh, since then. First that opened at first in 1992. Awesome. So, what kind of beer do you brew? Well, pretty much, uh, I think 22 to 22 different varieties of beer. At any one time, we'll probably have nine, uh, eight to eight to nine brew, brews on tap. Uh, everything from German style lagers to uh, English pale ales and uh, stouts and porters. So it's the full it's the full range, 
and range. it is yeah yeah and it's you know it's not it is a restaurant and a concept that appeals to a very broad spectrum of people which is kind of fun because you know I walk mm-hmm. into the restaurants and it's it's not like going uh to Chelsea or something it's a pretty mainstream <laughs> crowd right, right. you know with kids and we have crayons with a kids menu and uh it's a really broad uh demographic and that and that makes it interesting for me oh that's terrific so you are so because I just want to let our listeners know that David is like the Renaissance man. <laughs> he's got these restaurants. He's tell us a little bit about uh, Vita Fitness. Well, Vita Fitness was um, an outgrowth of of my passion uh, for fitness and wellness. And in you know back in the early days of uh, HIV, when there was no effective treatment, the only way we those of us who were struggling with it were, you know, we really focused on health and wellness. And uh, it was really before health and wellness was as part of the vernacular as it is today. And so uh, what the focus was back then was on lean muscle mass because that's where the reserves of your immune system are stored. So the, the the theory was, well, if you could keep your weight on and you could keep your muscle tone, you know, you could keep your muscle mass in place, um, you'd be able to withstand or you'd be able to fight off the disease longer um, and hopefully stay around long enough until effective treatments came around. So I was really into the holistic thing with I had a nutritionist and I had a hypnotherapist and I had... I was going to every single trial at NIH and George Washington University and Georgetown University that I could get on. But I also had a really, um, you know, I learned a lot about health and wellness. And so as um, treatments got better, and in 1996 when, you know, the, the, the watershed day for a lot of us when uh, proteus inhibitors were approved and, and really was such a seismic shift for all of us, I was in at I was at that time uh, trying to open up a gay-oriented fitness center, and the also at the time I was working on Capital City Brewing Company, which we were talking about a little bit earlier, and I had too much on my plate, so I uh, leased I controlled the building that I controlled or uh, purchased where the gym was to be, I leased out to uh, uh, someone else who ended up opening the gym and operating it for uh, about 15 years. And in the meantime, I grew Capital City, never really lost interest uh, in fitness, and finally developed a concept that I felt I could uh, launch in 2000 and, gosh, around 2004. Opened our first Vita Fitness in 2006, and a lot of what Vita is is an outgrowth of the lessons that I've learned and the approach to health and wellness. Uh, that I have followed because of my experience and relationship with HIV. So it's not a, it's not like an HIV center, but <laughs> it, at all. But what it is is a gym and a fitness center where we focus on both mind, body, and well, on mind, body, and spirit. So we have lots of uh, inner what we call an inner fitness studio where we have yoga and meditation and Pilates. Uh, we have a Zen spa where we have co-ed steam rooms and uh, saunas to give people. Uh, try to make it as as quiet and as relaxing as possible, and uh, we have really great strength, wellness, and diet and 
strength training programs, and it's just a little bit feels a little bit different than your average fitness center, and it's uh, it's taken off like a, a rocket. Well, so we have three locations now, and our fourth location is about to start construction in, in next month. Wow. So that's Beauty that, Fitness that, that, and Bank Salon. <laughs> and Bank Salon is the third part of the business, and that is uh, a, my it's it's a funky, fun urban salon. And my partner is Nikki uh, Soldo, and she used to cut my hair, or she still does. And we talked about opening a salon together. And uh, you know, I'm the business guy, and she's the crazy hair burner. And we have a great partnership, and we've brought Bang into the Urban Adventures Company's umbrella, and we have a bang salon attached to, although separate from, every Vita Fitness that we've opened. And uh, we're now bringing the food component and uh, the food and beverage component into our next con- uh, building, in the building that uh, the next Vita is going to be in. So we'll actually have our restaurant, our uh, hair salon, our spa, and our gym under one roof. So it's well, been an ongoing sort of evolution. Yeah, it's an ongoing so, evolution so- of business. Uh, that, that's that's I mean, the next thing, you're going to put a to- apartments on top of it. Keep everybody in the place. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, we are going to put a pool on the roof. And nice. it's going to be a yeah, it's going to be a pool club with uh, cabanas and a bar and fire pit and lounge chairs and food service. And it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a really nice amenity in the city, particularly on a day like today. Oh, man. When you're open, let me know. I'll come up. I promise to wear a <laughs> shirt because nobody wants to see me without a shirt. Um, <laughs> So, I, as you can, I, I, my my progression here is I'm working backwards instead of going mm-hmm. from beginning to end. We're going to go from the be, from the end to the beginning. So you, you've got all of these things, and in 1988 it happened. Mm-hmm. You you got this diagnosis. Now, mm-hmm. what what do you think? What do you think about? When you think about 1988, here you get this this diagnosis, which most people were dying from three years later, yeah. to, to today, where you are this mm. incredibly successful um, businessman, business business person, and and you're and you've got even more lucrative op- opportunities in front of you. How how does that translate in your brain? What what goes on? Well, I was. I became positive, and the people who became positive around the time that I did, we were really on the knife's edge. Um, and by that I mean that generally people who became generally people who became positive before that the, that window of time didn't make it, and generally the people who became positive after that window of time made it. And I was really on the edge. I was really on the cusp, and I don't. Um, you know that I never lose sight of that, and I think it. I think it was my focus on um, taking ownership. You know, taking responsibility for my own health, and um, realizing that the only way I was going to make it is if I, if I really, really took charge, mm-hmm. and you know, wasn't the victim, but was the was the person that was responsible for both you know, my diagnosis and my health. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't ever lose sight of that. And that was, um, I, I think that's, that really is how, you know, that's how I look at it. 
and it certainly was a pivot point in my life um, because I wasn't even 30 years old, and uh, you are right that as socially stigmatizing as HIV is today still, back then it was not only socially stigmatizing, it was um, a death sentence. Mm -hmm. And so we couldn't even talk to it, talk about it with our gay friends. Right. Because it was something that we were all so afraid of mm-hmm. um, and ashamed of and uh, hopeless about uh, that it was it was something that we didn't even talk about. I mean, can you imagine? Not even on. I mean, as bad as it, you know, as awkward as it is sometimes to talk about it today. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was just it was a different world. So, <clears throat> um, looking at back at that, that is that you know where I am today. Um, I, I don't lose sight of the fact that I was um, I was on the edge. Mm-hmm. So what do you? I, I think I, I think two things. One, um, you're you're probably a great inspiration for a lot of our listeners um, because I, I mean you have become very successful and you you, you just over, have overcome a lot of mental blocks that I think come with this disease. Is that fair to say? Well, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think, jeez, uh, um, I think that there, there is a really big, um, t- there's a tendency and an opportunity for all of us who are positive to take, and, and, and how I describe it to my friends is, look, we all carry around a big bag of BS with us. And in that bag of BS, it has different names on it. And, th- and for those of us who are positive, the big, the, our bag of BS <clears throat> has HIV on it, front and center. And that is and can be the excuse for anything and everything. Why am I single? Why am I not happy? Why am I alone? Why am I not successful? Why aren't things going my way? Well, you know what? We have the ultimate trump card, uh, or certainly a really big one, and it's called HIV. And I, um, I, I, I have learned that I can either use that as the reason why I'm not successful or happy, or I, or I choose not to. And I have chosen not to. And by looking at my relationship with HIV that way, it has helped me to understand the real reason why I'm not happy or successful. Mm-hmm. or, you know, getting what I want to get or achieving what I want or in a place where I want to be. And it really has less to do with HIV than the other things that are going on in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, how, I guess uh, the question just went right out of my head. And Robert said this was going to happen to me. See, he cursed me. Um, <laughs> um, so from 88 to now, through all of these things, you, you, it sounds to me that you've got a pretty good handle on on that emotional, that physical, that, that mental. Are there any days that you just say, huh, what am I doing this for? No. 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 No, no. When I get out of bed every day, I'm in a good mood. I love to go to work. I love who I work with. Um, I consider myself really fortunate, and 
I can tell you that in that period of time, from 1988 to today, there are, time, there are times when I was the lowest paid employee in my company, when I didn't make any money. There are times when I was the highest paid in, employee. But that's not what makes me, that's not what gets me out of bed. It's mm-hmm. working with people that I like, working what I love, working, working in, a, in the field that I love, and ha- having this sense of um, d- drive to accomplish something. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I wonder, I do wonder, gee, what could I have accomplished, or how would the arc and the trajectory of my life have been different had I not been positive? And I do think about that, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I let go of that pretty quickly because that's that doesn't really help, you know. It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't change things. Right. Uh, but I will say this also that you know when I talk with people who other guys who are positive, and one of the things that I as a lot of us who are positive and are out about it and have been able to come to grips with it at some level. And we have friends and friends of friends who call us up and say, "Oh shit, I just found out I was positive." You know, blah blah blah. It happened this way. Blah blah blah. And there's so much anger and shame, and for a lot of us, and it's a long process of forgiveness. And one of my friends said, "Gee, Dave, did you ever? Are you, were you ever able able to forgive yourself?" And he said, you know, because I was talking to my other friend, and he said, you know, it took me a few years, and I forgave myself, and I love myself, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And for me, honestly, Jeremy, I don't know that I've ever completely forgiven myself for what I've done, you know, to, you know, for that mistake, for that lack of, for that error. But in some ways, I think that tension drives me. And so in some ways, the, that, you know, just holding on to a little bit of that sort of um, mixed emotion uh, makes me want to succeed even more. Oh, I think that's terrific. And so I don't know. There are a lot of people that uh, would just give up. Um, yeah, I'm not sure... I'm not sure uh, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I have too much. I have too. There's too much out there that I want to do. <laughs> you know, there's too many experiences I want to have. There, I, I want to. I have. I have great friends, and uh, there's things I want to do, and there. I, 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 I don't know. That's not. That's. I don't think that way, Jeremy. I, and I don't. Mm-hmm. And I. I guess I don't know whether I'm different or I'm lucky or whether I'm stupid or whether I'm naive, uh, but I rather than put a judgment on it, I will just tell you that that's the way I am. I I honestly don't ever. I can tell you I I is the lowest it's and I know when you know the lowest it ever was for me was in 1992 in the summer. I went to a trial because the trial that I was on for this other drug failed. Mm-hmm. And so I went to NIH and they took, you know, 10 gallons of blood and they did all sorts of sonograms and this and that, everything to sort of get a, as accurate baseline as I could. And my T cells were falling 
and my health was clearly, I, you know, I'm not one of those non-progressor types. I mean, if I stop taking my medicine, my HIV does come back. It's been undetectable for, I don't know, uh, 14 years. But it's uh, one t- I did stop it one time during that time, and a month after I stopped it, it, it came back. So it's not like, and I've had those tests for the genes that, that I don't know what they are, the markers that right. that, that oh, indicate yeah. non-progressors. So I'm no special, you know, cow that way. I'm just like right. everybody else. But when I went to so when I went to this trial to screen for the trial, um, I came home and I got the results from the different tests. And the doctor said, "You have to come into my office because I need to talk with you about something." And so in the midst of failing blood work and and not feeling great and having this failed drug test, he told me that my heart was enlarged by about 30% and it looked like there was fluid around it and that I likely had six months to live. And I remember going home to my partner at the time who was also positive and uh, I said, Robert, Jesus Christ, I mean, as bad as this is and as hard as this has been, why is this happening to me? Why? And, you know, that uh, that was as low as it got. And about a week later, uh, I went back for another whatever it was that showed my heart was, I think it was a sonogram, uh, whatever it was that showed my heart had expanded and the results came back and it was some kind of fluke in the test, that my heart was fine and that they had not misread it, but that they had timed the sonogram or the EKG just so that my heart was in a portion of its contraction or expansion that it made it look uh, significantly enlarged. Mm. So, I mean, I remember, you know, it's there have been some crappy times for me, but even when it was as crappy as it could be, um, I never thought about giving up. I, that wasn't I think an option. That's- yeah, that's just you know that's terrific. I, I mean, you you have this clarity, and I, I haven't met you in person. I don't even now. I'm going to sound like one of those phone psychics, um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I haven't met you in person. But um, I can ob- I hear this clarity and and a centeredness, a, a centeredness. Um, I, I can tell that you're centered, <laughs> um, and and you bring and you come across that way, and and I hope that everybody who's listening tonight and everybody who's going to listen in the future, that when you hear David speak, you, you hear this, and I don't mean to speak about you, David, in the third person. I, I do apologize. Um, that when you hear him speak, you're going to hear this, you hear this clarity in his voice and this direction that he's going. And, and I think that, to me, is probably even more inspirational um, just because uh, I, I'm, I'm similar in, in, in being a driver like you are. And I just want everybody who's listening to this to understand that it doesn't matter if you have HIV or whatnot, you can do what you set out to do. And if you set out to do nothing, then that's exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. And, and I'll you know? also, one of the things that I've, I have learned mm-hmm. is that for those of us who are HIV positive, you know, that's the big enchilada. Yeah. That is the thing that scares us, that drives us, that we run from, that we hide behind. Um, and, and we, and I put me, you know, I'm, look, I'm in that category. So, you know, I'm, I'm human. I, you know, do the same things that everybody else does, and I have the same emotions and fears. 
But what I have learned is that those people who don't have HIV have something, have had an experience, an illness, a loss, a, 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 had, have had some things happen in their life that are to them as paralyzing and as debilitating and as obstructionist and as hurtful as HIV. It's hard for those of us who have HIV sometimes to, to understand that because, you know, we walk around, we have, that, we have the HIV flag, so don't mess with me, you know. <laughs> Look, I got the big one, so you know what, I'm sorry you're depressed or I'm sorry you have diabetes or you know, whatever it is that they have. You know, in my mind, in our minds, certainly in my mind, it's like, you know, you don't, it doesn't even close, so don't even go there. <laughs> but the truth is for those people, for everyone else who's not HIV positive, that what they focus on is no less frightening mm-hmm. than HIV. Now, if they became HIV positive, then they would, you know, they would say, holy Jesus, you know, this is <laughs> huge. Um, but, you know, until you have it, there is there is something else in your bag of BS that you will look look to and point at um, that can be just as much in the way. So um, I, I try to I try to remember that too. Mm-hmm. Well, I you know I got to tell you I'm I'm I am just sitting here riveted um, because there there are so many questions I have and um, but I don't have time for all of them. But um, because we it, it's by the way everybody it's uh, half past the hour now so I mean we are chugging along uh we're on air with david von storch and um i want to get to david i want to get to your complicated order um yep. and i don't mean fries on the side i mean right tell us about complicated order well you know there's a good story there as well i was a there was an article in the, the washington post uh, in the business section about me i don't know a couple of years ago and as a result of that article, a company came to me and said, hey, you know, we think what you do is really interesting. You have these interesting companies. They're kind of hip and fun. Uh, we know, we, you know, we've walked through Vita Fitness. Uh, one of our people is a customer at Bank Salon. We think the beer you grew is great. And we think it would be a great subject for a reality TV show. I said, okay, well, that's cool. Let's talk about it. So uh, we had a series of discussions. And during those discussions, I said, you know, there are a couple of things. There are two things that I would, I, that are important to me. One is that I would, I'd love to share uh, these businesses, and I'd love to share the excitement and the fun that we do. And I also want to talk about candidly about my life, and mm-hmm. uh, my journey includes my experience with HIV. And as we got into the discussions, they started to back off from the show. And I said, um, you guys were really excited about this. And as soon as I started to talk about the HIV stuff, you you backed off. And they said that wasn't really the that wasn't the, the determining the ter- determining factor. But I tell you, there was definitely a pivot point in the discussions, and it and it occurred when I I told them that as part of this story, I wanted to include that part of my life. Mm-hmm. And when I found that out, and as I processed that, I got mad. 
I said, you know what, damn it, I want to do this project, and I want to include this part of my story because it's part of who I am. And there are so many people out there for whom Magic Johnson is a great role model. I don't relate to him. I don't, there aren't people that a lot of the people who I know can relate to out there that are just normal people that have struggled. They get up in the morning. You know, we, they're not famous and fabulous, but they have, there's someone I can relate to, and there's someone I can say, wow, okay, that's cool. You know, that's, I, 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 can, I can connect to this guy. So um, I started my own production company and hired a, a team of producers, uh, hired a producer, and we developed what became Complicated Order. And Complicated Order is uh, a reality series that we filmed the pilot of. We filmed a 22-minute. There's a, there's a website called complicatedorder.com, and there's the teaser and the back of back behind-the-scenes video, and then there's the bios of the different characters, including me. And um, when we developed the show, we, I didn't want to make it a soapbox about HIV and you know being gay and you know okay with it, but I didn't want to hide from it. And so if you look at the the, the teaser and the pilot, it doesn't bring it, but if, it doesn't talk about it. But if you click on my bio, one of the first things I talk about, and and you can see how real it is, is when I talk about my experience with HIV. We were going to, or we are going to, weave that into the show, and what I hope will be a compassionate and a in a real way uh, that isn't forced and isn't preachy, but is authentic. And we are talking with uh, three different networks. And it talk about slow. I mean, in my world, you know, in my business world, if I don't take an opportunity, it goes. Yeah. But in TV, it's all about you know six months down the road, twelve months down the road. What's in the pipeline? Who's doing what? Who's on first? Who's on second? What's going on? And so it's a very long process, and we are meeting with people, and we are talking about uh, what the project might be. Um, mm-hmm. But it's something that I want to do, and I'm committed to it. And I'm very, I'm very proud of the fact that I am going to make sure that it includes uh, a discussion about my relationship with HIV. Oh, I think that's terrific. And and I, what I think is, is he said, well, fine. If you're not going to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> I yeah. think that's great. Um, it's just again, it, it's just who you are as as a person. It's, you're gonna you're gonna drive this because you want it done. Yeah. Um. So so David, what now? What what's going What's going to happen now? Where Where do you go from here? Except us. Well, with my businesses, with my HIV, with uh, get me, give me some direction, and I'll tell you. Well, let, give, me some, give me a subject. Yeah, let's 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 talk about um, let's talk about well, since it's an HIV show, let's talk about the HIV portion of it first. Um, well, um, you know what's interesting is uh, I I have been I did have to change one of my I'm on three medicines and I can't remember they're. The the word the names are so annoying that I can't even remember what I'm on all of them. But I I'm on Kaletra and Icentris and one other one I can't remember it's Zygen, but whatever whichever one it is. Um, I was on one of those and my my kidney started to act up about two two years ago, and so I switched it out. But I'll tell you I've been on the same medicines for I don't know since dirt, and 
um, it's just been I you know I'm not going to change it while it works and as it if it stops working I will change it. I, one thing I do want to share with with you and with everybody who sure. is listening is that when I go to my doctor and I go I I go every three months. Sometimes I don't go quite every three months, but you know I I try to go every three months, maybe once every four months, and. I said once I've said to my doctor on a couple of occasions I said then why is it that my viral load is so un- is undetectable for so long because I mean aren't I going to get uh viral resistance at some point and aren't I going to get toxicity from these drugs and aren't I is is this I just hear pe- you know I hear people about and I read about people who have been positive for a long time who are on these toxic drugs and that their bodies just sort of wear down and their liver fails or their kidneys fail or they get cancer or or lymphoma or whatever. And he said, David, you know, the, I think the thing that separates you from 90% of my patients is the fact that you take your drugs all the time. Yeah. And there is just no way around the reality that compliance is 90% of the battle. When someone says to me, David... I'm really out of shape, and I need to go to the gym. Give me a workout routine and help me to get in shape. I said, you know what? Show up to the gym. That's 95% of it. You'll figure out the rest. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah, it's that whole, you know, not to quote Nike, who shall rename, you know, rename nameless, but just do it. Get yeah. out there and just do it. So, Take the damn drugs. It's sitting there, you know. I, I, matter of yeah. fact, I have mine sitting right next to me before when I hang up here. I'll be popping those in. So, um, so with so the HIV, just, there's you know yeah. that's sort of I've, it's it's at a it's at a it's um, it's behaving, <laughs> and it's been very good <laughs> for the last it's behaved for the last you know five or six or seven or eight years, and right. I'm you know I'm just going to let it I'm not going to provoke it. <laughs> <laughs> don't poke it with the stick. Yeah. Don't poke it there. Um, but I, I want to go back to something. That, that you said a little earlier, because um, that was that was the question that sprung out of my head, and it just came back. Um, you mentioned uh, having HIV as um, something of a relationship, having this relationship with HIV. That is, to me, that's that's that hits it right on because you do you have this relationship with something that's going on. Why do you think? Yeah. Why do you? Why did you use the word relationship? Because I think, personally, I think it's I think it's right on. But um, I know some folks look at it as adversarial, or you know, but it's still a relationship nonetheless. But why why relationship? Why why use that choice of word? Well, because it's not going away, and it's it's like anything in life. If you're not gonna, you can pretend it or wish it away, but it's not going away. And mm-hmm. so, I. I I would love nothing more than for it to leave my body. But what I realized is that it can stay, and it's going to be in my body, uh, until I die. But I don't think that I'm going to die from HIV. I really don't. And I um, I don't. And I can't believe I say that. But I, mean, I can't believe I say that, live, you know, given where I come from. But I just don't think I am. And I'm not trying to be you know, heroic or whatever about it. It's just, that's how I I look at it. And mm-hmm. when I say relationship, um, I know what I have to do 
to have a healthy relationship with my body and everything that's part of it. And part of my body, uh, you know, is HIV, is the HIV, is the virus. Now, um, one of the things that I do differentiate, I was, I got really mad when there was this tel- there was this TV commercial for some HIV drug, and I can't remember which one it was. And these people of different colors and races and ethnicities and, and genders and ages and appearances and everything would get on TV and they'd say, I'm HIV, I'm HIV, I'm HIV, I'm HIV. And I thought, you know what? That's not me. I'm not HIV. I'm David. I have HIV. I'm HIV positive. But HIV doesn't define who I am. I define who I am. HIV is part of me. It isn't me. And I think there's just a big difference between saying I am HIV and I am HIV positive. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I, I absolutely agree because I, I know that ad campaign, and I've actually written them letters. I'm a big letter writer. Um, and I've mm-hmm. written them letters, and, of course, you don't hear anything back from them. But um, Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, maybe they listen because, that, because that, that ad isn't that – I haven't seen that advertising campaign in a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just – I thought it had to be put together by someone who isn't HIV positive, because I can't imagine that someone that's HIV positive would put hey, together hey, David, a campaign. Like that. Yeah. We actually have a yep. caller in the queue who'd like to speak, um, so I'm going to bring them on the line if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think we have a question for you, and it's um, caller from area code two six seven. Hello. Hey, area Jeremy. It's Robert. Robert, yay! <laughs> Hi, David. <laughs> Robert, how are you? Nice to meet you. Good, Where good. Where are David. you calling from? Oh, gosh. Can I, can I just tell you, Robert, that poor David has been suffering with me for the last 41 minutes. No, I, I haven't been suffering at all. We've had a good conversation. I've been listening, Jeremy, the whole time. You're doing fine. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I've been sitting there listening the whole time in the car. Yeah, I'm driving home from Toronto, David. But I just want to apologize for not being able to be there, but you're in good hands with Jeremy. Yep. yep. I want to... Yes, I just wanted to thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, you know, you 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 break the mold, and, and a lot of people think that people with HIV are these skinny, scrawny people who are you know depressed all the time. And and to to, to hear your story and to to actually go through your, your your the complicated order and to listen to how you talk about your life and how you don't let HIV stop you, and that you actually allowed HIV to be a part of the show itself. And you, and you stood up for it, and you didn't, like, allow that to be like, oh, we'll just brush it off and pretend it didn't happen. That's really courageous. And I just, I just wanted to let you know that I, I really am inspired by the work that you do, and I think that you're an amazing, amazing man, and I just wish you tons of success, and I only wish I could be there the whole hour. <laughs> That's all right. I appreciate those kind words. Um, well, yeah, no, it's uh, – Jer- uh, Jeremy's doing a great job. Oh. Yeah, once you're um, – <laughs> Jeremy, you're fine. But once complicated order gets picked up, we're going to have you come back on so we can pimp your show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> again and again, okay. definitely, because uh, I think it'll be a great thing. So I just, again, I just wanted to call, and we're in the car driving, and I had to turn down the radio while we're driving in the car so I could talk to you. But I just wanted to call in and say thank you. You're an inspiration, and I you know, can't wait to have you back on at a future date. Okay, Robert, will do. And drive safely. <laughs> Yes, Thanks, we will. Robert, Jeremy, thank you. You guys are doing great. Thanks. Am, am I putting you on mute or am I hanging you up? See, I don't. You can know hang me up now. For. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Thanks, guys. Bye, bye. See ya.
Oh God, I don't even know how to work this thing. I'm, I'm looking at it in, in, at, on my screen, going, "Oh God, what does the little microphone mean?" And what is the little, oh, it means on air. Well, then yeah. I, I am, I'm convinced that Jack is out at at some place on Sunday night trying to pick somebody up. I, so that's, I, that will be I, our story. I am tending to agree the same thing. I mean, if Robert can call in from the car, driving back exactly. to Toronto. <laughs> Jack, Jack, Jack can <laughs> call in from his awards ceremony, but I have a feeling he's like at the, I don't know, somewhere, a, a Sunday fun day happy hour some way. And yeah, I just, exactly. I, will just, I, I just hope, I hope, it, I hope it works out for him tonight. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> the beer bus at the Eagle, but hey, who am I? Um, well. <laughs> But hey, you know he's—he, I love Jack, and um, I'm sorry he's not here tonight. But um, so we were talking a little bit about. Um, and by the way, it's—I just want to give a time check. It is now uh, 40, uh, 15 minutes to 10 Eastern Time, 9:45, and we have David von Storch on. We're talking about all kinds of things: um, living with HIV, his incredibly successful career, um, and this new. Uh, pilot that, he, that they've filmed and that they're shopping around with a couple of networks called Complicated Order. Um, David, now that we're kind of winding down to the last 15 minutes here, um, I, 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 I'm looking at your picture. Hmm. And um, how old are you? I'm 51. Okay. David, you are 51. You look better than I do, and I'm, well, my dog looks better. But anyway, you are you look incredible. Well, thank you. You you you, you look absolutely stunning. I would when I saw the picture, and I had to read, I had to read your bio twice. He's how old? <laughs> because so it's all that good clean living. Um, so do you do you attribute that to you know being just a health nut and doing all the right things? Yeah, but yes, I do. Um, yeah, but. <laughs> I, well, well here's, here's where I, you know, look, I'm human, and, uh, I, and I'm not Mormon. So, I mean, I, I party just like, you know, my friends do. But mm-hmm. I always try to, I, I do try to put limits on both the stress at work and the release of play. Because I find that when I work too much or when I play too much, I get myself out of balance. If I don't do either, you know, if I if I if I don't play or if I don't work, um, I get equally out of balance. I will say, in 1994, my business was doing really well and my health wasn't doing that well, and I decided that you know what, maybe it would be the best for me to step away from active participation in my company. And take a couple years off. And because, you know, back in 1994, I didn't know how much time I had. I mean, people thought, you know, 10 years was really the, the threshold. Uh, and that was if you were doing well. And so after about six months of taking time off and sort of trying to figure out how to wind myself out of my business, I realized, you know what, this isn't working for me. <laughs> I need to work. I love to work. I love to be engaged. And I guess it's not working, it's being engaged. It's mm-hmm. being engaged with people and challenging, doing something that's challenging. I mean, challenging can be defined in so many ways. You know, and it doesn't have to be in business. It can be in anything. But I found that for me, 
that was part of what got, you know that was what part that's but part of, of what makes me sane. And part of what makes me sane is having friends that I go out with and I have fun with and I go to the clubs and I get crazy. Mm-hmm. But I set bound I set boundaries for myself so that I know when I start and when I stop. I tell my friends I said you know when you got when I go out and party I'll always say that well this is when the party stops. Right. And I think we all know that we all have friends that they just don't know when to stop. Mm-hmm. And they, they're they chasing that last high. They're chasing the last song. They're chasing that last boy. They're changing, you know, they're chasing the last party. Yep. And that's, you know, that's the red flag, or as my, my ex says, red blanket. Um, <laughs> that's the red flag. And mm-hmm. that's the one that, that's what, we, you know, that's what I think has, really helped me to stay healthy and mentally healthy and I think the mental health does you know does translate into the physical health so um I think one of the reasons why I've been able to not age quite as quickly is because I don't party <laughs> quite as hard <laughs> but I also don't live in a monastery and I'm not you know I I don't want people to say and think that well shit you know that means there's no fun left in Rome that's not true I have a great mm-hmm. time with my friends and well, I, I love going I've earlier. gone to every I think I've gone to every well I see am I what I the way I work is is I work really hard in Washington and I have lots of employees and so in some ways it is a little bit difficult for me to blow off steam in Washington because I try to set an example for the people that that work with that you know I'm not going to show up Monday morning hungover or completely <laughs> cracked out. But in I have a condo in Miami Beach and I'll go to Miami and I I really have fun with my friends. I've gone to every single winter party and since it started in 19 I don't know 3. And I don't go out as late as I used to, but I still go out and it's important for me to see my friends and socialize mm-hmm. and I I tell people, you know, just because you're you know don't don't let HIV run that. You know, most people get, most people, not, I guess I shouldn't say that, a lot of the people that I know contracted HIV when they were high or when they were drunk or when they were, you know, when they didn't have all their faculties around them. And then so partying or going out or socializing has this real sting to it. It's sort of either you get so screwed, you get so messed up that you're anesthetized and that you forget or you know you're just so you're so you got your walls up so high that you stand at a bar or go to a friend's house or a barbecue or you're on the beach and you can't really let go because you're you don't want to make the same mistake and mm-hmm. so I'd say look relax have fun just put the bound put your boundaries on it before you go out so that you know when it's time to go home mhm and, and well you said it earlier it's all about balance yeah. yeah. Right. You have to balance that, yeah. that that work life, and you have to balance the 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 personal life. And, and once you've struck that balance, I think it's smooth sailing. Well, yeah. For a little well, while. Well, it's right? never. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would yeah. say it's you know, rel- you know how people say, and, I, and I'm single, and and most and people say who are in a relationship, you know, relationships are hard work. Well, you know what? Relationships are hard work, whether it's your boyfriend or your work or your friends. Um, mm-hmm. You have to invest in your friends. We have to. In- I have to invest in my friends. I have to invest in my work. I have to invest in my family. And um, that sometimes, sometimes, sometimes takes work. 
but yeah. um, it's definitely it. It's, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, I I really do. It does make me sad when I see how some of us react to the HIV by uh, the diagnosis by withdrawing mm-hmm. and not being able to connect mm-hmm. because we're afraid of what people will say or making the same mistake or just being ashamed or afraid or not wanting to be judged or rejected. Right. And, you know, so how, I feel how, all those emotions, too. You know, and that, that's true. And, and so how do you feel about navigating the dating scene? Yeah, that's the hardest one for me. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest one. I mean, the last two boyfriends that I've had relationships, and they, they were terrific. Uh, they were both pos- uh, negative, sorry, and they are negative. Um, and... Uh, I have dated both positive and negative guys. I, I, I don't know, and I wish I had the ter- the the absolute right way, best way to handle that conversation with someone you're interested in, someone you go home with. Uh, you know, when do you talk about it? How do you talk about it? Um, you know, I always, you know, I always. Try to have the conversation before I have sex, mm-hmm. but I try not to have the conversation. I try, I try not to force the conversation right. if I'm not. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously, duh, I'm uh, duh.com. I'm open about it. Uh-huh. But um, you want someone to know you for who you are, not what you have. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time that I mean, the last. You know, the last relationship I had, I was dating this guy. Uh, his name is Leandro. He's like my my best friend. He's still my best friend. And we broke up, I don't know, five years ago. Mm-hmm. And we dated for two weeks. And we were just getting to know each other. And I sat down and I said, um, look, before this goes any farther, I'm starting to have – you're just the bomb, and I'm crazy about you, but i got to tell you <laughs> something. And so I was, you know, it's like the sweating and the sweaty palms and, oh, God, I'm this, this rejection, you know, this black cloud of rejection coming across the horizon. And I said, look, I just want you to know that I'm HIV positive and I've been taking care of myself, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he just started smiling. And I said, oh, God, what now? <laughs> and he said, well, I already knew. I said, what do you mean you already knew? He said, you don't even know anybody that I know. <laughs> And it turns out that, you know, some bitter queen had pulled him aside when they saw him with me because I am so open, I have been so honest about Mm -hmm. it, and warned him and said, you better be careful because that guy's positive. And, you know, to Leandro's credit, he just said basically F you. And he got to know me, and he just, when I told him, he just smiled. And so uh, if someone likes you, you know, they like you. And uh, we just keep that in mind. And it's hard. Trust me, it's hard. I mean, you know, that part never gets easy. <laughs> it gets easier, <laughs> but guys, it never gets easy. And so, um, so, and guys who who are listening, um, David is single. He 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 slipped that out. He let that go. So right. you can find out all about David on Blog Talk Radio, Pauseiam dot com, and Complicated Order. So. Um, and if and if you want, I will be happy to field the um, the emails and the calls that I know will be flooding your way. Um, 
I'll eat them out. Um, no, you don't want this one. Um, <laughs> so we are down to our last four minutes. And, David, I want to ask you the one question that I always ask um, everybody that's on the show. Mm. What one piece of advice or what one thought would you leave that you, that you want to express and get out and have – when everybody stops listening to the show, what is that one thing that you want them to leave with? Well, it's nothing that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've talked about the, my relationship, you know, all the things we've talked about. There's something that we don't talk about a lot, and it really upsets me. And it's something that really gets me going. And I tell people, someone calls me up and says they just found out they were positive. And I say to them, well, and, I, and they generally say, well, you know, my doc says don't go on drugs until you need them, blah, blah, blah. And I always say, look, if you, fi- if you think that the behavior that you engaged in, whether it's on drugs or alcohol or not, is likely to result in you having unprotected sex again, then you need to start your drugs now. And I feel really strongly about that that we can all reduce transmission. We can all, all of us who are positive, can reduce transmission. We can reduce the, the likelihood that we are going to be reinfected with a different strain of virus if we take our medicine. I'm not saying that I, you know, I, you know use a condom all the time. But clearly, you know, those of us who are positive didn't necessarily follow that rule. And, and I tell people, please just be honest with yourself. Don't, don't, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> I'm not asking you to come to Jesus with me about this. Right. But just be honest with yourself about what behavior you're engaging in and what risks you're putting yourself in. And please put that in the equation that the doctors don't put in when they talk about when it's time to start medicine. And I guess the only other thing I say is when people have this huge fear of medicine, I say, you know what, you take a one-a-day vitamin every day, wouldn't you? What's the difference between a one-a-day vitamin that you take for the rest of your life and your vitamins, the, 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 sorry, the medicine that you take for HIV? If you can put that in the same part of your head, then you're not going to have the resistance to it that, you, that you're telling me you have right now. Right. And, I, you know, that's one thing I do want people to do. You know, just be honest with yourself when it comes to talking about your health with your doctor and your behavior with your doctor. You've got to. Don't be honest with me. Don't be honest with Jeremy if you can't. But at least be honest with your doctor. That's right. Because, you know, in, b- besides the relationship that you have with HIV, the relationship with your doctor is probably even more important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we're down to nine. And I can tell you, well, I will tell you this. I will say I, ha- I love my doctor, and I tell my doctor everything. And I've gotten to the point I used to sweat and go in there and say, I can't believe I have to tell him I just did this or I have this or I have this fear or I'm such a hypochondriac, I can't believe I'm telling him this. But, you know, now I go in and we have such a great relationship. I tell him everything. And it is just such a great thing to be able to go to your doctor and just tell him whatever you do, whatever your fear is, whatever you did wrong, whatever you did right, whatever you ate, whatever you, you know, whatever your fear is, whatever lump you feel, whatever, you know, psychosis that you think you have. Um, just get, get, get that. Having that kind of relationship with your doctor is really the best thing that you can do for yourself. Absolutely. David, I want to thank you for a great hour. Um, we are down to our Absolutely. last 38 seconds, and it's counting down. It's yelling at me in my ear, as a matter of fact. Um, <laughs> okay. 
David, thank you so much again. This has been a, a tremendous pleasure of mine to um, actually get to monopolize you for the entire hour without sharing <laughs> you with somebody. So it was great. Thank you so much. And, sure. Um, I will, uh, it was my pleasure, and, I, and uh, you did a great job, Jeremy, and you can oh, tell you. Robert and Jack that you didn't even need them. That's right. I don't need you guys. I'm going <laughs> to take the show on the road. <laughs> All right. All right. So well, listen, again, you have David. a good night. You too. Have a great week. Okay. Bye. All right. And everybody, oh, we're down to the last couple of seconds here, so thank you so much for tuning in.